Oh, Chopper. It's a boat. It's a boat here, Chopper. I'm back in the World Series, buddy. Can you believe it? Jobs, what do you got? Game seven. Just another ho-hum game seven that I win. Pushing all the right buttons. <laughs> hey, Chops. How'd you get the nickname Chops? <laughs> that's uh that's my name, Boach. It's my name with an S at the end of it. Oh man. Already spraying champagne. Did not know your name. I was busy spraying champagne. <laughs> um man, listener, hello. Episode 72, man. 72 times we have met. Uh, if you're watching on the YouTube, Chopper does not have his bushy beard. Uh, he went trim uh, a little bit, and and I, I don't know how I feel about it. I know his kids uh, despise it. But um, what do you say to your sons when they say, don't love it, Dad? Yeah, they don't like it, um, but that's okay. I tell them that, you know, every once in a while, man, that skin under there has got to get some fresh air. has to. Got to put a little moisturizer on there. I got this whole little routine. I've got to kind of reset the skin and then let it know it's going to be a long winter where it's not going to see any sunshine. It's like that groundhog. And uh, and that skin's not going to see any sunlight as soon as this beard's back. And it's almost back. It's been about a week. So it's we're close, close I, to being back. I'm in a weird state because the girls love the look of the beard but they don't love the feel of it you know yeah. uh, with with you know with some kisses on the cheek for dad uh and you know uh, uh kisses uh on on the lips with mrs ball game she's like you got to trim that thing down but you know i don't want to go too high above the lip because then you're getting into charlie chaplin territory and and can't do it you know it, it it's it's tough the things we have to deal with uh chopper but uh hey we we do it uh because we can do the best we can you know you uh you, you deliberate over the decision then you go with it i try to just make sure my lips can breathe so you give it just enough where the lips can breathe and uh the diesel appreciates that like coach ballgame does with you and then uh you know you you start getting into the madison bumgarner you know covering the whole front lip um it gets uh kisses are going to get uh reduced yeah, if you're yeah. doing that, you got to know that, and you got to be okay with it. Regressing back to the mean there, if you're going <laughs> Sam Elliott. Um, right. uh, well, great guest today. Uh, he's the founder. Uh, you could call him the um, the creative uh, juice behind Warstick. Uh, I know a lot of my listeners and boots out there on the road listening to this pod. Uh, you've got the Warstick. I was just in the southeast. Georgia, South Carolina, and Alabama, uh, and there was some war stick all over the joint. Um, so uh, a little deep dive with my man, Ben, Ben Jenkins. Uh, what was the genesis of war stick? How'd you meet Ian Kinsler, Jack White, um, uh, and, and what's next? What's next? But uh, I love these guys. Uh, I go to Dallas a couple times a year, uh, and I just give, I give them hugs uh, and fist bumps. And we have deep conversations. An interesting guy, man. Uh, he, he's he's a fisherman. Uh, he he uh, he's an outdoorsman. Uh, he's very creative. Uh, just uh, just a cool dude. So uh, he'll be coming on in about ten minutes. But I wanted to give you the floor chopper uh, on Bruce Bochy. I mean, he takes three years off. Uh, who knows what? Maybe playing with the grandkids in Nashville, Tennessee. Gets a call from CY Chris Young, GM of the Rangers. Hey, Boach, you're our guy. You're the fit. And he comes back in and he beats the gorilla 
out there, the Houston Astros in Game 7, and he's back in the World Series. Why? Why is he so good? Amazing. Uh, you know, when they when they went down uh, after Game 5, right, you, I feel like that was going to be a real big challenge. Uh, he's got an amazing way where he can come into a clubhouse, commands a presence, and can just really breathe some life into the group. So I, I've been in those rooms and before a game seven when we're in Kansas City, and uh, he talks a lot about champion's blood was the term he, <clears throat> that he used in San Francisco. And at that point, that was their third run, right? So it was the third time where he could really proclaim, like, we've been here, we've done this. And, uh, and we're going to do it again. And, you know, it, it fires everyone up. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't address the team a ton. He'll do it in spring training. He'll do it before the season starts. Unless you're going through a tough spell, he'll, he'll kind of let the players have their clubhouse, which is very appreciated by the guys. Um, but in these moments before the playoffs get going, he'll come and he'll address the group. And, uh, it's, it's, it's pretty special sight to see because he's, I mean, it's Bruce Bochy, right? So it's, I mean, you, you, everyone knows the history and uh, I guess he's the, what, the first manager ever to bring three teams to the World Series. Crazy. And yeah. uh, there's something to it. Uh, I mean, he pulls Scherzer in the second inning and most people probably get second guessed in that and everyone else with Bochy is like, oh yeah, good move, great move. And like <laughs> you heard Scherzer say it after the game, he was in an interview and uh, I liked how Fox Sports 1 just, they went full family. I don't know if you saw any of that, but all the kids were hanging on the microphones oh, and everything. So it was, good. It was so wonderful. Good. Really good. Really dangerous. Just giving a microphone to a kid. I love that. Good parenting. No one said anything that uh, they had to go back and, and bleep out. But uh, you heard Scherzer say it. He's like, you know, Boach pulled me in the second. Maybe it was the third. I think it might have been the third inning. But uh, amazing. And and everyone's like, yeah, good move. You know, whereas other managers do that and they're instantly uh, – question so that just speaks to the the resume that Boach has and he really has been there and done that and it looks like he got rejuvenated with three years off and uh, came in and he's pushing all the right buttons and there's no panic there's no Joe panic in that clubhouse literally and figuratively um, the boys just stayed calm and shoot you got some gamers Corey Seager Adolis Garcia um, Evan Bad Carter's dudes. a great story oh. uh, yeah don't don't tug on Garcia's cape it looks like he's he reminds me of a Rosarena a couple years ago where just, you know, oh. it's just he's going to do something electric. It must see TV. And and I, I, I want to deep dive into this champion's blood. I can't I, I can't imagine anybody else walks into a clubhouse of uh, uh, veterans, uh, rookies uh, alike and, and starts talking about the blood of a champion. Uh, when Bochi says blood of a champion, everybody listens. Just like when, when Bochi says, time to take Scherzer out, everybody listens. The one thing I noticed consistently throughout the clubhouse is he's even killed. Yeah. The, the 16 out of 20 losses and the 16 out of 20 wins, I mean, it was the same Bochi. It's the same guy. And there's something to be said for that, huh? No doubt. When you have the talent that the Rangers have assembled, and you got to give a lot of credit to Chris Young, um, and the ownership to go out and spend the money they've spent. Um, yeah. Boach is going to be, he's going to be steady and, uh, and just kind of trust his guys and go with his guys. And, uh, and the players rally around that, you know, they know that they're going to get opportunities and, and when he does make a move, they, 
they know that he's thought it through. I mean, Boach is kind of always playing chess with a bullpen. Um, he's always been known for that and done really well. And he does a really good job if he does, you know, Boach isn't a robot, right? So he has emotion. So he knows how to go into a back room if he needs to and let it out a little bit. But then when he comes back out of there, um, you know, he's, he's gonna, he's gonna, like I said, command a presence and, um, he's gonna be pretty, you know what you're gonna get from Boach every day. He's gonna, he's gonna be walking around saying, what do you got? And, uh, gonna have the voice and the stature and everything so oh just love i love watching him walk i love watching him chew gum uh man the, the guy he's just he 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 is cool as the other side of the pillow uh and a big shout out to uh his counterpart dusty baker man uh, i don't know if he's uh gonna retire or or uh or if he's gonna stay in the game but man what a run and and the perfect guy to come into houston uh, after all the trash cannon, uh, he was the guy. Uh, so, and, 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 uh, how about Altuve? Come on, that dude, he's a bad, bad dude. Uh, honestly, one of my favorite players to watch his story is incredible. Uh, and you know, the, the, the one guy, uh, that when you look at, uh, in person, you'd say, no way guy can't do it, but he's overcome it all. So I, I love those types of players, um, uh, but hey, the Rangers got it done. The the, the streaky bats of those Rangers, uh, you got to give it to them. So, uh, add a boy Boach, and uh, and we'll see who they face tonight. Who do you think they got? They got Phillies. They got D backs. Another game seven. What do you what do you got? What do you got? I mean, what a story the D backs are. It's incredible. Yeah. It's incredible. Um, I just think that the Phillies are going to be really tough to get at in Philly. Um, I think it's going to be a really tough task. I think smart money's betting on the Phillies, but it's hard to count the D-backs out. That's the, that's the thing. It's like, would we be shocked if the D-backs won? No, we wouldn't. Um, but I, I, I think Philly's going to win. You know, I, I, I've got ties to both clubs, but um yeah, and I live in Arizona, so I think I should say D-backs, but I think as a baseball fan and, a, and you know, we, we love baseball, we watch a lot of baseball, Phillies in Philly is a tough, tough matchup. Um, we'll see, man. It's going to come down to the starting pitching. Who can kind of weather that early storm? Can the D-backs score early like they did yesterday? And if they can, that'll it won't silence that crowd because they're still going to be standing, but it, it, it won't get to 111 decibels like it gets when they have a lead and that, that impacts you as a player. That's that impacts everybody. Um, that level of pressure impacts the staff. Everyone feels it. But if you can get a lead, I vividly remember uh, in 2014 when Craw hit the grand slam in the wildcard game in Pittsburgh, that whole building was shaking. And as soon as he hit that home run, you could hear someone drop popcorn from the second deck. You know, it just got silent and the, all the air went out of the room and it was over. And you knew it in the fourth inning, even though it was only four to zero with bum on the mound, that that was a wrap. Um, so if the D-backs can score early, it gives them that better chance to make it just a baseball game. If they don't, there's just too much momentum in the, in the building. It's Citizens first Bank. punch. Uh, who can get that first punch? No pun intended being in Philly. Right. Come on, Rocky. Mm. Um, but you rock. It, it happened. <laughs> it's been a rocky road. Uh <laughs> I love that ice cream. 
Uh, man, last night, Corey Seager got on top of a heater and bang, <laughs> first punch. See you later. Um, that, by the way, the video of his wife's reaction, Maddie, amazing. Maddie, Maddie Seager. Great, yeah. great. Uh, love that. Uh, but we'll see, man. And it's gonna be all hands on deck. Uh, I think we could see, uh, we could see everybody. Uh, everybody could come in from the bullpen. Uh, Ranger seems cool as uh, as it gets. He doesn't seem phased, Ranger Suarez. And we've got the uh, we've got the youngster on the mound for the D backs. Uh, the fat. There's, like there, to buy yeah, a vowel. There's, yeah, there's a P in there, and there's an F, F and a couple, couple of A's, a couple of vowels. D and a um, T. <laughs> Did you hear? This was interesting. In fact, I had to rewind rewind the broadcast uh, during last night. They were talking about how the Rangers were going to combat. Um, Christian Javier. Did Ooh. you hear about, did you hear it? it was really good. Uh, my, they had a game plan. They had a plan. Well, what they did, not just a plan. So Javier's got that real good perceived rise, that yep. ball that like Bueller and all, a lot of these guys, the high spin rate, top of the zone guys, just, they can't square it up. Even when he was throwing in the mid eighties, because guys couldn't square it up when he was a prospect. Now he's throwing mid up, mid to upper nineties and guys just, your eyes deceive you. Right. So Donnie Ecker, who is, I believe, their bench coach. He was the the hitting coach with the Giants. Uh, he's in charge of offensive production. The Rangers clubhouse is awesome. Remember, I got to spend like a month and a half in there during 2020. That's where we were. We were in the home side the whole time because we kept winning. So we were in there, uh, an amazing brand new clubhouse. And they've got a run production and a run prevention office. And so, like, You're- it was incredible. So, like, I got to have my locker in the run production i chose run production over run prevention being an <laughs> offensive guy but um so donnie i'm sure that's his office in there and uh but no they were talking about how they're trying to hit the baseball three baseballs ahead of what their eyes are telling them three that's, baseballs that's incredible so they were using foam balls to try to get that rise and that was their focus and you saw the swings they did a they did a piece on it where everyone was really making sure they got on top of their top hand which is counter to what everyone's teaching now um, but that was really cool. It, caught, it forced me to rewind the uh, the episode. But we got a special guest on, Coach. I'll let you introduce. Well, him. well I tell you what, he's uh, he's he's in Dallas, Texas. Uh, so where is he? Where's the special guest? This. Uh, this special cat. Uh, we're we're just talking about the Rangers' approach last night, um, hmm. uh, ladies and gentlemen, listener of the pod. Uh, our guest today, uh, he's a design entrepreneur. That's a word mm-hmm. that I didn't make up, but I, I think I pronounced it right. Uh, he's an ex-ball player. He's a, a creative founder, an outdoorsman. He likes mustaches, uh, and he's just a great conversation. The founder of, of Warstick is here. It's Benjamin Jenkins, Snaps, and uh, and a whisper attaboy. <laughs> hey, How James. You doing? Man, I'm it's great. good to see you. Uh, I want you to I meet a- my good pal, Chad Chop. Uh, I've seen up this there. guy, Ben, uh, this guy, Chopper, you, I, I'm sure you've run into each other. He was in the Dodgers organization, uh, coaching for five years before that, the Giants. Um, mm. have you guys ever crossed paths? You no, two? I don't know, least, I don't think so. I don't know, Ben. I, I, I played I know... last time I played minor league baseball was 1960 something, so it's probably not overlapping. <laughs> 60s, so. yeah, I was no, 2002 it to it feels, it feels like that long ago. When did last you play? Time, the last time I played minor league baseball, uh, uh, Phillies 98. Yeah. 
my least one for the Phillies and my roommate was Jimmy Rollins, if that tells you. J Roll. Yeah. How old I am. Yeah, Dude, man. okay. So I played I played in Clearwater in the Florida State League in 04. So I missed you by yeah. Okay. A little Not bit. too bad. The new yeah, stadium, yeah. which was pretty sweet. Ball flies to right at the new one. Yeah. In Clearwater. Yeah. It's so, nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a while. But we'll, uh, sick hat, I had a feeling there I had a feeling the Rangers would come up today. We'll talk the Rangers. That's a tease, listener. They earned we'll it. talk. We'll talk yeah. Rangers uh, with Ben. But uh, let's get right into into that. J Row. Well, I mean, what's it like being Jimmy Rollins's uh, roommate, man? Uh, is he I just the baseball all the time? Well, at the time, he was is interesting. I think that depends on who you are, what your perspective is. My, I came out. I played at Mississippi State, and I was a fifth year senior who got picked up as a free agent. And got offered fifteen hundred bucks. Yep. Jimmy was an eighteen-year-old first-round draft pick out of high school who got offered one point five million dollars. And they basically told me, "Hey, go babysit this kid." You're no. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the the funny thing about it was, he was the nicest. He's one of those kids that, even the instant I met him, I was like, "You hope that kid makes it." I can always say that, that about J. Roll. And never, you know, first rounders kind of always get the bad MO of like, everybody's like, because they get treated better for sure, because that business invested more money in them. So it is what it is, but he's very humble. Um, he was very raw. And what was amazing to me was that scouts would come through and say, he's going to hit for power. And he came up to here on me and I'm not tall. And that was pretty <laughs> amazing to see develop over the years. And then to when he won the MVP, um, but and then I kept up with him and reconnected to him later. And he swung war stick at the end of his career. Um, at the tail end of his career, career, he swung war stick. So it was kind of a cool. We got back together, and I was like, "Man, look what you've done all these years." And he's like, "Look what you've done." I'm like, "I would take yours, but you know, it's cool." <laughs> but uh, anyway, well, super nice I love, guy. I love yeah. listening to him on TBS. Uh, he talks hitting uh, with mm -hmm. Curtis Granderson, and man, mm -hmm. uh, you talk about a PhD. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously watching him uh, in those um, in those aughts years and in uh, mm. 08, 09, a big game hitter, uh, very clutch, yeah. great defender. But when you listen to him talk hitting, it's it's next level uh, stuff. And and he he was talking the other night about cutting off one half of the plate uh, mm. if if uh, if a pitcher's going to come up and in on him. Uh, tip your cap, but he's going to take yeah. that outer half. Uh, it, just such such good knowledge from that guy, yeah. I, and it's I all learned. It. I mean, he, was he talented? People ask me, was he talented? Well, yeah, but I remember seeing him play his first rookie season. I was there. wasn't that good because he was so raw, and it just goes to show that baseball is a learn. So much of baseball is a learned skill, and if you have that mindset towards learning how good you can get is really the ceilings based on how much you're willing to learn and then put in the repetition practice. And that's why he's, what is he? Five, eight, 170 pounds, you know, all two way, that kind of stuff. I mean, that's what you got to love about baseball is that the learning sport, um, unlike, you know, um, football, I love football. I'm from Texas, but, um, it's they're a different beast, you know? So if you want to learn, if you can learn to love learning, you got a chance. If you don't, and those, those guys, Alan's not going to do it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Those guys at the highest level, dude, facing those guys throwing a hundred, you, you can't cover both sides of the plate. So that's, it's uh, born out of necessity too, of like, Hey, if he can land it up and in three times, tip my cap. But as soon as he goes out of third, I'm going to hammer it. And that's, that's what they do. Cause they have to Goldschmidt talks about that all the time too. That's for sure. That's, that's the play, you know, sit on a pitch yeah, or a mean, location. Yeah. All those guys understand that they, they understand the limits of what the human brain can do and, and, <laughs> and what mechanics can do. And that, you can't, you can't cover the entire thing. You got to pick, you got, I mean, approach. The more I talk to guys like yourself or guys that really know what they're doing. I was talking to Nate Lowe. He's one of my favorite, he's my favorite Rangers. Swings the worst thing. And we talk mentality so much because it's, it's, it just matters so much. You know, if you don't have the right mentality, it doesn't matter about the mechanics. You can actually be a really good hitter with mediocre mechanics. If you have great mentality, great approach, all that kind of stuff. So when I'm teaching my own, I've had a great, I'm teaching my own kid to hit, even though I'm not a hitting coach, a hitting coach, because I understand how much mentality and approach matters. And he's grown up learning that so that he's not all wrapped up into mechanics all the time. And his mechanics are, they're good, but we know that some days he's a bad hitter, even though his mechanics are great. And yeah. so we make sure that we talk about what happened here. What were we thinking? That kind of thing, you know? And I think the younger they are, the younger they learn that, the more enjoyable baseball can be, you know, I think. Um, so anyway, I just wish I would have known that when I was a player because I was the opposite. I thought I thought I was a good athlete. I thought I'd never even – I thought – I just overthought mechanics so much, didn't really understand the idea of approach or being – just simple things like being on time, right? Any, any good hitting coach, first thing they look for when someone says, hey, look at my kid, they go, he's not on time. Yep. Be on time and get a good pitch to hit. If yep. you're, yeah. So be on time. You can control. Yep. I don't care how the hard the guy's throwing. And then be a, get a good pitch to hit is part of your, your approach. You have to understand what you're trying to do so that your brain can process it in time to recognize, oh, that is, that's it. Or, or, or say stop, right? Again, yeah. all things that I wish I knew when I was a kid. <laughs> we, we went in, uh, Coach Ballgame, we went into uh, game six. Um, Actually, it might have been earlier in the season, but we were in Atlanta and Mookie came up to me. He's like, hey, dude, Max Fried has owned me. Can you find something? Right. So just going back through, pouring through all the pitches. So I, I looked at every pitch he threw Mookie and comparative hitters to Mookie. And I found a count. I found a pitch. So I told him, didn't tell him how I found, how the sausage was made, but I told him, hey, in this count, you're going to get this pitch. And it's going to be 95% of the time. And mm. true to form, he got that pitch in that count. I don't want to share it because he still might be able to look for that pitch <laughs> in that count. But like, yeah. those are the things that hitters are looking for. Like, Hey, can you give me something? Cause otherwise, how are you going to cover Max Fried? You're, you're not. Yeah. And, uh, and that's just the way now there's other guys where you see him really well. Shoot. Yeah. I think it was that series where he's either Matzik or Minter. We, as a group, we had no shot in 2021. It was, it was really difficult. And he kept zigging and zagging away from what we were trying to pick him off. He would just, he was just ahead of us. He was playing chess, mm -hmm. but uh, I love that. That's my favorite part about hitting Ben is like, can you gain a competitive advantage by just paying attention? We tell young kids like, dude, watch the game. Don't miss a pitch. You get to see how they're attacking you and you can see yeah. what they're going to do in an O2 count. So you're going to be a breaking ball down or a fastball up typically as you get older. Um, yeah. And then you know what the next pitch is. If you're, you know, if you're working to it and then you get to pro ball and now they start going, okay, I know that he knows. So I'm going to go, you know, crossfire on a, I'm set up for a breaking ball. So I'm going to throw another heater. That's yeah. when it gets really fun. <laughs> I, I hope this podcast is going to be about how much I know about hitting because that's not going to go well. 
but this is the most we've ever talked about <laughs> high level. Let's hitting. go bone saber. Let's go bone saber. Yeah. I want to talk about that bone saber. All my kids are swinging. That bad is fine. the truth. Well, by the way, I was just in the Southeast. I was in Alabama. I was in Georgia. I was in uh, South Carolina. Lots of bone sabers uh, around. Lots of war yeah. stick hats. Um, uh, I've been outspoken. Obviously, uh, the, uh, the, these are my guys. War stick is, uh, I'm, I proudly wear the battle uh, uh, mm. uni. I've got the the hat going. I, uh, yep. I had a great time uh, at your um, grand opening. Uh, mm. uh, this was this was moons ago now uh, in yeah. Dallas, but I got to shake the hand of Kirk Gibson and yeah. actually run a hitting clinic in Dallas mm. at your uh, facility there, um, yeah. uh, at the Warstick headquarters. And man, um, I, I, I would say that is one of the coolest moments I've had is shaking the hand of of Kirk Gibson. You've been able to do a lot of that with the Kinslers yeah. and the Jack Whites and the Nate Lowe's and the J Rose, um, uh, who, who top two for you, but top two handshakes, oh, uh, uh, as you've, uh, <laughs> does it have gonna... to say baseball, like baseball players or celebrities no, anybody, or whatever. Oh, okay. anybody through this war stick. Well, it's uh, funny. Cause out of, life. cause out of, cause out of Ian Kinsler, I get, I get greats like Kirk Gibson, um, Miguel Cabrera has been pretty cool. And then that translated into Miguel swinging the bat was, you know, so some of those 3000 hits are war stick hits. So some of that real stuff is really cool. Um, Josh Donaldson swung the bat his at the year after his MVP season. So the, the baseball players all kind of run together to me. I'm a little spoiled and that's been really cool. Um, and then on the Jack White side, the other co-owner, that's been a little bit more surreal. I was like, I'm a little more used to being around baseball players just because what I did for so long, like you guys at heart. But um, and it was very cool. But the Jack White side has been I've been I've met people that I definitely shouldn't have met in life. I mean, I, or, or or talked to or you know like uh, I'm on a decently consistent text basis with Eddie Vedder of Pearl Jam, and I know I'm dating wow. myself, but to me in my age. Yeah. It's like, that's such it's very a flex. much like that's such a great flex. Like I want that good flex. It shouldn't, it shouldn't happen, and there's no reason that he should want to talk to me. But the reality is, you realize some of these people are pretty normal, pretty happy, love baseball, love design, love music, and there's a connection there that happens. Then it's not about really me. It's about you know this stuff and all these things. And so there's something to talk about. So you know, surfing is a good one with Ed. Um, that kind of thing. And I've seen emails between, you know, Jack White and Beyonce talking about the bat we made for her daughter or wow. Bob, Bob Dylan, Getty Lee from Rush. I'm going to try to come up with younger people. Uh, to impress These the are folks. all good for us. Olivia, Olivia, <laughs> Olivia Rodrigo, right? Like that. Kind of yes. I mean, Jack's, Jack's friend group is pretty. They're mm. almost so famous that we can't show anything that we make for them because they're so famous that it sets off the table, you know, that yeah. kind of stuff. I'm like, oh. Jack, can we have a, can we go like to the B list maybe of the <laughs> the people or, you know, the Obamas? I mean, we've made bats for Obama. I mean, just you name it, man. Jack's friend so cool. list is kind of stupid. And I have to remind myself, I know Jack so well and we talk so much. He's normalized on me as any human being would do if they're just themselves. And I have to remember how special he is all the time and that I did this with him to be inspired every day about I'll never be 
as great as great an artist as he is. But that's kind of the deal. Is it's really great to have people in your life that you wake up in the morning and I know he's working and he's coming up on the next thing and it makes me get up and go, all right, got to do this again. It's a grind. Like any like baseball, like anything else, a grind. Nothing happens overnight. So I got some really cool people around me too that inspire me to get up and keep doing this because. You know, this, it's funny, you mentioned bone sabers. Like, I think there's this perception that war stick's still pretty new. And, you know, the bone saber is the number one bat in the world right now and ranked number one and all that. But I'm on year 12 of this. Yeah. So uh, those over, other nine success those, that's 12 years long. Those other nine years, <laughs> I mean, there's definitely, you know, thoughts of should I keep doing this, all that kind of stuff. And that's really typical in entrepreneur land. Um, yeah. And like it is uh, with a minor league, it's like, guys, um, I don't know. Should I keep, is this year I need to, you know, maybe go get a real job or something like that. You know, I, I understand what that's like. So um, I don't remember the question, but uh, yeah. I, I don't either. And I don't care. doesn't matter. I, yeah. I heard, I heard Eddie Vedder, Beyonce <laughs> yeah. and Bob Dylan uh, and Bob Dylan. And the Bob Getty Dylan Lee, one was so. really surreal. Cause my first thought was like, he's still alive. That's awesome. And he's still coherent. And he's, I mean, cause me and Bob, Bob Dylan feels like he's been around a million years, you know? And I'm like, he's yeah. taught, he's like Jack's, he's like Jack's godfather is how I would describe him. Wow. Really loves Jack. And, and I just see the respect that other artists have. I see firsthand the respect that other artists have for Jack. And therefore I've got to participate in that. And it's rubbed off on me in, in like a 1% way or something. And that's it. I mean, without Jack, I don't know any of those people never met him and they could care less who I am. Um, there's a nugget there's a nugget in there coach uh that ben said about this is year 12 dude so it's like yeah. folks don't stumble into greatness so everyone sees a oh, war stick number one bat this is dope and they think yeah. it happened overnight but it's like nah dude there were many sleepless nights there were days where you had to get up when you didn't necessarily want to but you're like i'm not gonna let jack white down i'm not gonna let yeah. ian kinsler down i'm gonna be motivated yeah. i'm gonna find a positive and go into the next day and that's the story for our listeners of like dude there's mm -hmm. gonna be dark times but like if you got a dream and you still think you can achieve it, freaking go get it. I love yeah. it. I'm there'll on be that, all ben. kinds of there'll, there'll be all kinds of opportunities to quit all the time. I mm. mean, I deal. I've just really learned to um, develop a mindset towards business is basically daily problem solving, and then I tricked myself into believing that that's that's really what design is, and that's what I love to do. And design is just problem solving until it gets right, and you just you can't. You can't, it's just like going to hit and expect that you're going to get a hit every, hit every time. You have to expect that you're not. And and if you can have the mindset towards, man, if I only get three hits times 10 in, in, in 10 at bats, that's great. I know guys like that, like Ian Kensler. I was not like that. But in <laughs> business, I've, I've kind of developed a good mentality, you know, um, Process. Through, through, through just struggle and survival. And you have to kind of love the struggle of it. But it's cool to see, it's like anything else, like if you struggle through things and you know, the bone saber goes number one after 12 years or something. It feels pretty good. And it oh. feels good that and it feels good that it took a long time. And I, I always wish for my kids that I don't want their lives to be easy. I want it to be filled with doing hard and challenging themselves to do hard things and struggling through them. And that's how you, you know, that's how you get good at things. And that's how you have life experiences, you know, so like a pretty easy life is kind of boring to be honest with you. So uh, anything, but I seem to be a glutton for struggle. I like it. Well, I mean, I jumped on board as fast as I could, uh, for, for two, uh, we'll make it three biggies. Uh, one, it, the marriage of art and baseball, uh, is, yeah. 
it's my concoction, man. I, I'm yeah. I'm born for that. Um, as a musician and a baseball player, my whole life, those are the two things I majored in in college uh, and and life. Uh, so that was uh, one. And then the company, it doesn't. It's not just equipment. It represents a mindset. Uh, this 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 can you battle through the struggle? Uh, mm. it can can you overcome? Um, the the daily grind. So it it was yeah. it was easy. And then third. I just love you guys. You're uh, <laughs> from the top down. Uh, everybody's just awesome, awesome conversation. But I want to, I want to, for our listener, I want to talk the genesis of it. Uh, you mm -hmm. say 12 years before there was Beyonce and Eddie Vedder. Uh, there was just <laughs> yeah. you and, Me and, my and kids. an idea, yeah. man. So I know you've told the story a billion times, but um uh, give it to me, uh, the genesis of war stick. Uh, I won't say how old I was, but you know, I, after I played minor league baseball, I went back to grad school in Chicago and I studied art and design, uh, in Chicago and got a master's degree. And then I, by that time I was 25, 26, didn't have a job. And, um, I started freelancing as a designer, just picking up little odd jobs and built that into a design and branding firm called One Fast Buffalo. And I did that for a long time. It helped me cut my teeth on not being an entrepreneur, but working with them all the time. And I would eventually look across the table and, and kind of realize, man, I'd like to build a brand someday and, and do the rest of this. Like we would help people come up with ideas for brands and figure out what they look like and all that kind of stuff. But like, I was like, there's so much more to it. And that looks fun. <laughs> um, and then I kind of got burned out of not doing that. I, I just was like, okay. Uh, and it what was a financial crisis of 2008 ish time. Yeah. Helped, helped. Everybody was struggling and client work was a little harder to come by. It's like, I started thinking about, man, what am I going to do for the next, is this, is this my career? Am I a service kind of guy and all that stuff? And the answer was pretty clear, like, nah, it's really not. But um, I just started trying things. And one of the things I tried was I did learn from clients that usually they struggled through the first three to four years of business startups because the thing that they were doing, they actually really cared about. They were really passionate about it. Whereas if you had an idea that said, oh, I got an idea to make money, Usually that doesn't give you enough to get through the struggle that's going to occur, right? So I knew enough to go, well, what do I know in my life besides design? I was like, baseball. That's the thing. I, I played football and baseball growing up, and that's all I did. I, that was my identity. Like, like, I'm sure it was yours for a long time until they told me, you're, you can't play anymore. Not gonna, we're not going to fix that torn rotator cuff. You're not worth it. You're now the other thing. And so – Baseball bats came in, and the idea of baseball bats came to me, and it was simple, like, oh, okay, I could have, I could design wood bats, I could have them made and shipped to the customer, really simple, and it was just a fun hobby. I was like, I designed baseball bats, so it was always meant to be just a side fun project that I did with my kids, and I did it for about five or six years until uh, I realized oh, this could actually be a real baseball brand if I really put real time into it. But I knew time was the key answer there. I can't do 18 client jobs a year 
and really take this seriously enough to do well. And that's when I think 2016, I said, okay, I'm going to go find some investors. The investors would bring some money in to free me up to put the time in. And that's when Ian and Jack came into my lives. And it was completely, honestly, I, I like to say almost like a spiritual happening. I, I couldn't have gone out and like found them. They found, in my opinion, they kind of found me and we all found each other. It was kind of one of those things that I believe when you kind of, look at the right signs and trust what's happening around you that those things are out there for everybody. If you're open to seeing those weird connections and I'm probably, I'm, I'm pretty good with that. Um, oh yeah. You know, so then, then, then they put some money in and then the road started. Right. And then <laughs> three years of hell, which <laughs> everybody, I remember people congratulating me in 2016 as if we had made it. And I'm like, uh, we don't even know what we're doing. We it, it's just because you have money doesn't make the company grow. It can help if you do the right things with it, but you got to know those things in order to do it. So we had to we had to figure that out. And then you talk about it was always sticking to our guns when it came to this company is about the combination of art and technology performance. Jack Jack's a great representation of high art, doing whatever you want, not doing what other people are already doing, always sticking to being original. And Ian's a great example of high performance and the mentality getting all those three those things to work together was a, a, a journey you know but you know when you know the bone saver really is all of that it's creatively what is a bone saver anyway like it's i made that up like it doesn't you know it's that's the creative but it but you need to come up with something that no one else would come up with and i remember the thought in my head like weird that's crazy well it's, maybe we should do that um but it means something you know and the technology part of the bone saber the handle that i invented you know the, this had never been done like a taper love it i mean the the technology of the bone saber then the iterations of the bone saber to get to be one of the highest performing bats that had ever existed and the combination of art i'd say the bone saber is the best thing that we've ever built. And I was going to show you something secret if you want that's uh, never been shown. Is that okay? Let's go. Actually, let's go. Well, I thought breaking it, news. I, I thought, yeah, I, actually, we're going to release this later <laughs> this week, but who cares? Just don't tell, don't tell, <laughs> don't tell my marketing director. Right. <laughs> uh, so, you know how people have been hand painting wood bats for a long time, crazy designs, like when Players Weekend came out in MLB and we, we paint crazy things on bats. That's been done for a long time, but I started thinking, well, how come no one's ever done that on metal bats? Because I, I don't know why we never thought of it. And then we talked to the NCA and they said, and I said, if we hand paint like a bone saver to look different, is it still legal? And they said, yeah, it is. There's a little fee to it, but anyway, so I have in my hand, the first three hand painted bone savers. And there's one in particular that I think was built for Coach Ballgame. It's on. not this one. It's not this oh, one. Oh, that's sweet. Look the, at like, this. So, like, you know, the bone saber is an off-white. It's got a lot of blank canvas to allow us to paint. So we're, like, basically having the bats made with no graphics on it when they're sent to us. Then my, my in-house artist, Ralph, paints them. And we're going to come up with a million ideas and then release them and let them in batches of 6 or 12 and sell them. So this one's coming out. It's a pretty oh, gnarly wow. bat. 
For the listener, yeah. go over to you the want- YouTube to see it. I can't, I can't even give it justice by explaining. Incredible. It's, just a, it's a beauty. Uh, and then this is, this is more my style, right? This is just like, this one's a little harder to see, but like oh. a really cool, like radiated, almost yeah. like a sun or like a sunburst tobacco stained guitar. Yeah. Kind of, you can see that. I mean, to me, this one, yeah, this, this is kind of my jam all day. Simpler kind of thing. Genius. Genius. But then this one's this one's college ball game all day. Come on! <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> Dude, that is coach ball game. That's a Hawaiian shirt. That is so good. It's a Hawaiian shirt, Ben. That's incredible. Ben, so you know, crazy. my dad. Every game that I played, he watched from from behind the left field fence in an unbuttoned Hawaiian shirt. Had to. That, that was. That I'm was gonna. I'm time. gonna make you one. I'm gonna make you a fungo that looks like this. Oh my and god! Whatever so his cool, favorite. Man. That's what's cool about this is. I mean, these are three of the first ideas of, I hope, thousands. And, yeah. you know, he paints. We put the decals back on over the paint. We have a special clear coat that goes back on that dries. And then and then you're good to go back in the game. And I'm sure there's umpires that are going to question this, but we're going to have to deal with that. But the reality is, you know, the stamp is what makes it legal. And it's yeah. and it's legal. And so I, I just love the the personal expression everyone's different all kids that are different i love the nicknames because i love the different nicknames that fit with the kid so you know like this one's me i can't swing this I, it doesn't right. this doesn't vibe with me doesn't speak to you cool. and then you know like this you know it's just there's going to be some this is this allows personal style to really come through and you can customize metal bats with other companies right now but it's really just changing the colors of the decals there's no really art expression in that and so i just think this is going to be i think everybody you know will be the first to do this but um i think other people would do it but um, but we're not afraid to compete when it comes to like we'll make art and you make art and we'll see what people like the best when you look at a bat an original yeah well you look at a bat as a hitter too like i have two strikes or a big moment i'm going to take a deep breath and I'm going to look at my bat, dude. So like you, not just the design of that, but you might even have a slogan where it's like whatever their key is to their slogan of, you know, that's sick. Yeah. So we actually, we don't talk about this enough, but uh, you guys know Nate Trotsky is, I would think, yeah. Uh, yeah. kind of the infield savant and savant yeah. is very real word. Nate's <laughs> one of the most interesting people in the world, but like he came up the with rebrand. a breathing, a breathing exercise that you can do where you count, you know, if you're sitting in the box, yes. you can go. You can basically breathe up, breathe down. So you're focusing on something. Love it. But you're also incorporating breathing into it. And I've learned all kinds of cool things through this. Like that you did you know that if you wiggle your toes, you have to be in the moment. You literally I love can't that. do it. You can't Let's do go. It. If you Stealing wiggle that. if you need if you need to kind of wake Write yourself up and, and, and be in the moment, you wiggle your toes because your brain has to make that happen. And it's a little thing. I think smell is another one. Mm-hmm. and we're i shouldn't even say that. we're working say on it. the yeah <laughs> i would love to incorporate smell into bats because i actually think it can help you be in the moment it's not the craziest idea ever so um you might see that coming out um soon i don't know we're trying to figure out how to implement that because I, again as a company we can make high-tech bats we can make cool looking bats but can we help kids especially be better at the plate not through what we make but what we teach them and and connect them to and have access to and and understanding these things are all the things honestly the whole company's built on the things i wish i had had when i was a, a player to understand 
how much more I could have enjoyed the game. I understood some of these things about, you know, letting things go and not being a perfectionist and, and all these kind of things. I'm, I'm on the high level, the worst mentality for baseball. You, you never want to be a perfectionist. It's probably the worst thing you could be. In hindsight, I'm like, I'm pretty impressed with myself that I took it as far as I did and didn't go insane. But yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it's the yeah, perfect so. time in a day and age when getting kids to just be present, be in the moment, yeah. it is so difficult to do. It's difficult for adults, uh, but at, at, with with these phones and these iPads that kids have, uh, it, it being able to create something that um, mandates them to be in the moment I remember Mookie Betts was on our pod early on, uh, one of the first episodes, and we talked about breathing for like eight minutes. Yeah. Uh, and and that's what he does in the uh, on-deck circle. He takes these deep breaths in and yeah. out. Uh, he He's not worried about what's going to happen tomorrow. He's forgotten about what happened yesterday. He's just in it. He's in the moment. And I can't think of anything, maybe other than golf, where you've got to be so in the moment to hit 99 uh up and in no, yeah you gotta you've gotta be in that moment great so people like sometimes roll their eyes around when you talk about mentality or the mental side and if they really understood what they were talking about they would really understand how when it comes to baseball because i i get the whole golf thing i think baseball is much harder there's a guy on the end of the ball trying to get you and then there's yeah. and there's and there's still the internal battle that you have with yourself in both sports um, there's luck. There's, I just hit a hundred, I just hit 112 mile an hour line drop. And this guy made a great play. There's that, the, that to deal with on top of it. There's a win. There's, there's just an infinite amount of challenges to deal with in baseball. And the, it's what I love about coach ball game. I, I mean, these are my words, not yours, but I think the whole point of playing youth sports for 99.9% .9 of people is to do something hard so that you learn to deal with life better as an adult. I mean, Amen. it's, it's struggle, right? And that's simple. And you're right. And in in today's, our number one struggle right now, besides probably the environment is, 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 I mean, look at all the, the mental health issues we're having and just dealing. Mental health is usually about not being able to stay in the moment. You're either depressed because you're, 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 you're worrying about the past or you're, you have a high amount of anxiety, which I struggle with because you can't stop thinking about what's happening. Our, 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 our fight, our fight or flight thing, uh, senses are out of control because we there's just so much nonstop. It's the number one challenge to humans. So I think it's it's very weird for a sporting goods company to get into that, but to me it completely applies because of how so hard baseball is, and therefore other six sports are. You know, and we weave that together pretty well um, and try not to hit people over the head with it. But um, you know, I just figure that's where the spirit. I feel like the the company. You can't just be cool and hip and vibey and lit all the time. I know that's the thing, but like, I want there to be substance behind that, you know? And you want to I mean, impact. You, you can, you can be yeah. cool and lit and edgy all the time, but like, I'm like, for me, I'm like, well, cool and lit and edgy about like, what, what am I, that just, that's, you know, I think I have teenage boys, one's in college now, one's, in, one's a senior in high school, one's a freshman, and I'm living the you know, popularity stuff in school and what's cool and hip and what's not. And I proud of my boys because they look at the popular kids doing all the same thing and actually understand that doing their own thing.
it's not as popular, but it's more authentically cool. Jack White didn't go hang out with the popular kids in high school. He's, he sat in his room most of the time playing drums and weirdly getting good something. I just, I really love finding people in life that have that, you know, that have that uniqueness to them, that coach ball games, no one, this is completely unique to his, his own experience of life and the thing he's gone through and it's real. And it used to be the worst coach ever. I love that. Um, mm -hmm. All that kind of stuff. So I just always look for people that are, you know, marching to the beat of their own drum and kids need to realize that being popular isn't cool. It's fine if you are, but it's, you don't want to peak in high school, man. Nope. <laughs> you, You're right. You, want, You're right, you know, dude. you want to, you want to, you want to live an interesting life and that takes exploring, you know, and, and finding your own way. And there's no formula or blueprint to everything in life. That's one of the things that drives me nuts as well. That there's, I mean, we see in baseball every day, like, you know, I, I struggle with, I've gone through the whole, I've gone now through 15 years of youth select baseball and I've seen it and I realized what my kids didn't get to do uh, that I did get to do in the seventies and eighties. And it was really enjoy baseball and have rivals and have, I, I, I it was the most fun I ever had playing baseball. And it just, I can, it's really hard to find those things. And I'm not trying to be the old, guy when i say that but you know everything in baseball now is i shouldn't even get into this conversation this be a whole other podcast but i do i do hate that baseball is this ongoing showcase tryout from age yeah. four showcase to baseball, dude. and it's basically well when i'm playing in at six it's i'm playing now all that matters is i'm playing well enough to impress the 10 year old coach <laughs> and then when i get there I'll, the only reason I'm playing, I mean, how would you not play if you're not trying to play high school baseball? What if you don't play high school baseball, it negates that I played all this youth. And then when you get to high school, if you don't play college baseball, well, why did I do that? People, that's being in the moment. <laughs> There's a lot of great memories that can be created from those years on. And, and my son, my, my oldest son, he's into so many things. He's an artist. He, he's a designer. He's an engineer. He's a great surfer. He's a great, great fly fisherman. He got offers to play college baseball. He was an all-district catcher and an MVP of his high school team. And, you know, he got offers to play, like, some really great, like, I mean, the kind of junior colleges that you go to that you end up at D1s and like, you live and breathe baseball. And he said, Dad, I go, what do you think? And he goes, I think I want to have a life in college. And my life isn't all about baseball. It's, it's, it's. It's third or fourth on my list. I love it. I love that I did it. But from here on, I have stronger interests and passions. And I was like, let's freaking go, bro. Yeah. Like, so I was able to put his memories that he created along the way on the shelf. And I still can go back to them anytime. And you could, you could do that to your eight, 10, 12, 16. I was 24 when I stopped playing baseball. I have memories from all of it. I mean, Kinsler got to play till he was 38. He's got more. Some of us have more. But I don't know about the big leaguers at 38, 39 that didn't struggle with their own identity. They're still yeah. really young people. Mm -hmm. They're like, well, now what am I? What you identifies know, like, me? Yeah. Yeah. You can live a long time these days. So <laughs> I figure you can't, you can't do a nine, 90 different things in life, but there's a lot out there to, um, I mean, I'm, I'm the pro four stick angler. 
that's my best accomplishment. <laughs> I, I I couldn't love, I can't tell you why I love fly fishing, but I couldn't love doing something more and never getting sick of it. And surfing would be the second past that, but I can't explain it. People are like, why do you like that? I'm like, I don't know. I do, but I, I love it. And it's just, I didn't do that until I was 35 or so, but there's a lot of cool things out there in life to, to get into. Um, but you need, no one else can tell you what those things should be for you. And it's only you that knows those things. And you, you got it. Parents, you know, just got to let their kids. That's hard. I mean, us ex-athletes, we all want our kids to be in sports. And it was never, the hardest thing I ever did was be a dad watching my kid play high school sports, for God's sakes. And I still mm -hmm. got four years of that left. <laughs> and I mean, I, I'm dealing with it, you know, but it ain't easy. It's the hardest thing I've ever done because I have to take my own ego out of it. I've gone to therapy. I'm going to, I've, 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 I've been going to therapy for the last three years, not because I'm that bad off, but I do have this sincere desire to help parents enjoy sports more with mm. their kids to one, help their kids deal with things better. So I was like, well, if I'm experiencing this anxiety as a parent, maybe there's things that I can learn that then we can incorporate into teaching people just for the simple, simple goal of, could you enjoy, I, I, my kid's going to be in high school three years. He's going to start maybe two years. I just want to enjoy that to the fullest level I possibly can and not be an, a deterrent to him or cause more anxiety to him because yeah, I want him to get a hit. <laughs> you know what I mean? But parents have, I mean, we are off the deep end and that's why the coach ball game of the world is so actually needed. And I love that it starts at the earliest age because maybe then we can have the most impact. And it'll be cool to see coach, see coach ball game kids at 18. Yeah. What, yeah. You know what I mean? Like that rollover, what, what they, what they started to do and how those kids turned out and, yeah. Um, not did any of them make it, but just the kind of people that they turned into and, and, and looking back how much of an influence and that's just super important. So, well, the, I mean, this whole podcast is how do we make youth coaching and, and, and parenting youth sports better. And I mean, you, you just defined it right there. Like we, we can't be so narrow-minded that we have to win a game on a Tuesday. We've got to know when that kid strikes out for the third time in a row on a Tuesday, he's going to be a father one day and he's, uh, he's going to be a son tonight. And can mm. we make him a better son today? Uh, can mm. we give him the life lesson uh, through this three strikeout game that when he goes to engineering school or he tries to get his PhD and it's going to be really tough and very competitive that he can battle through that. Uh, mm. That's what coaching is. Uh, you know, pardon my language, screw the baseball. Uh, yeah. l l let's put that in second yeah. place. How about we be a life coach first, baseball coach second? Uh, mm. Hashtag drop the mic. Chopper, what do you got? I mean, Ben, uh, this is this is the most writing I've done on my whiteboard in a long time in an interview. Um, <laughs> I have a lot of mental issues that we can go, you know, no dude, it's I, impactful. I'm, ther I'm therapy in progress for all this. And I, I built a brand out of it. So it's, I don't really express that a lot because I think you see the positive, but yeah, I mean, there's, and it's great to see what's underneath these two lines, you know, yeah. like there's a lot. So yeah. it's like parents, the, the parents that are doing it wrong and it's not, not, it's not, not out of love. They love their kids, but they think like, Oh, my kid's got to win tournaments and your boy, get this to say and press the 10 and press the 12 and 14. Dude, no, like 
use horses to build yeah but like build character kids got to learn how to have character and have empathy and be resilient and kind and have work Mm -hmm. ethic and be creative and fearless and find their passion so it might be like i'm gonna play a lot of baseball but all of a sudden hey mom and dad like yeah that was great but i freaking love to surf i love to write like as parents we've got to pour into our children's passion that's it not like oh I, i play baseball so you have to my my Noah, he hates baseball. He's one of the funniest kids in the yeah. world. I love it. I'm like, dude, go, let's go do improv. Like let's, let's feed your passion. And now he's yeah. getting into football and wrestling, which is great. I'm not a, res- I'm not a football dad. I'm not a wrestling dad, but I'm a freaking Noah chop fan. So I'm gonna go yeah. watch Noah do what he's passionate about. Yeah. I love it, dude, Ben. This is yeah, I really, mean, I, really good. I hadn't being a good dad. I had, I have a great dad. Um, I, I was lucky to have a great dad, but he encouraged me. He never forced me to do one thing or the other. He always let me explore things and be a baseball player, be a football player, some strange be an artist that he didn't understand, but mom did and all that stuff. But I did have a sense raising my kids that you, you need to show them things. This is a thing. Archery is a thing. Uh, fly fishing is a thing. Baseball is a yeah. thing. Science is a thing. Being a doctor is a thing. There's all these things. And it's like, well, what are you? And so the proudest moments of my my career as a dad definitely have been moments of almost letting baseball go like this kid right here see that kid right there oh yeah that a boy perfect that's my that's my middle son <laughs> and he and then when he was a junior being a junior in high school he looked at me and said dad i love being a linebacker more than anything in life and i was like i know it i i know those people that you destroy don't like that <laughs> and he goes i'm a good i'm a good catcher and i think baseball's cool but like i don't love it like i love this and i gotta get big and I got to put all my time. I can't, I just don't know that I can be over there hitting batting practice when I want to be in the weight room. I just smiled. And I was like, let's freaking go. I got, do you know how happy I am for you to find something that you care about that much? Oh, I mean, I think people, I think even my kids assume it's worst stick guy. It's baseball. They'll be, I'll be disappointed if he doesn't play baseball. And I'm like, no, this is what I want. This is what I care yeah. about. You did, you did all kinds of great baseball memories that I remember. And, but you and- were the, Yeah. <laughs> prioritizing uh paying attention to your kid like instead of what you have in mind for them prioritize and listen to your kid listen Mm -hmm. to what they want and and when they find their identity pour that pour your all your love into that and i love that you did that i've had a lot of awesome coaches that i had as a kid that just i knew that they loved me beyond the sport we were doing and your goal as a coach, my, if I could pick one thing, your goal would be if you're a high school baseball coach, if you're a 12 year old baseball coach, is when that kid's 30, does he remember you and want to reach out to you? And if he saw you on the street, would they believe you? Okay. That isn't happening a ton. And I have coaches like that in my life from all aspects of it. And they're always my heroes, man. They're still my heroes. It could be a college coach. You could, I mean, one of them, one of my favorite, probably he was just my coach from age six uh sixth grade to eighth grade baseball i mean just great and then his co- his son became a high school coach and things like that and like i've seen the other where kids have no interest in connecting to the this coach and that 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 ought to tell you something yeah well i mean they you know? don't remember what they said but i'm sure you remember <laughs> they didn't how affect they made you. you feel they they, yeah. they you remember how they made you feel with their body language with the questions they asked in a high leverage mm-hmm. moment uh yeah chopper i wanted i want to say this because this is important for parents because as parents we can be doing one heck of a job but 
if we don't put our kids around good coaches with the right goals, we're doing them a disservice and it's going to be counterproductive to what we're trying to teach. So before you put a kid on a club team, if that's the route you want to go, ask that coach what his goals are. Ask that coach. I had a, I had a parent come up. Yeah. He shows you the college players that he's got recruited. Yeah. yeah, Right. That that played with him for one (laughs) tournament out of the year that just because they needed to play a game. Like I had a parent come up to me three weeks ago and he's like, Hey, you know, you're, you're a lower level club. So that's why I put my kid on your team and he's not playing enough and X, Y, and Z. And like, that's cool for like, you know, what's your goal? Like a lower level club. All I care about is creating good, fundamentally sound kids with a high baseball IQ that have character that have empathy. And the proof is in the pudding to your point, Ben, like you said earlier, I had my first wave of kids get to high school. And as freshmen, I had 10 kids starting on varsity across six different programs. So are we winning yeah. tournaments? No, we're not winning tournaments. I don't care. I want my kids to be good kids, to be an asset when they get to a high school program. And we had multiple kids, Ben, that didn't play baseball, but we do speed and power every practice. So yeah. they raise their athletic ceiling. They have confidence. They know how to work hard. Now they're running track or they're playing football yeah. or basketball. And that's what I promised my parents is like, Hey dude, I don't care about the winning. Like, are we going to try to win? Yeah, sure. I'm competitive as all get out, but I think the process is more important. If you want to win tournaments, I'm not the right club. Like there's other clubs. So as parents ask your coach and he'd be like, well, we win the, we we're, we're nationally ranked freaking run away as fast as you can. Cause no one cares about a nationally have, ranked. 12 yeah, our, team. our team or stick. We have about 40 team or stick teams from age, you know, six to 18 or whatever. And we have a great, amazing guy that I've known forever, Jordan Davis, who is the director. And his job is basically to purge out that guy. Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> because it's, it's just not, I mean, I have, some really good teams by chance and I have some really terrible teams, but some of the mentality from those teams is great. You know, that's all that we care about. It's how they represent themselves on the field to influence the kids that they're playing against. Um, it's they're representing the mentality. So, you know, they, they have, that's all they, they don't have to be good. They don't, it's okay. If they do, I don't really care what ring they want, but if they don't <laughs> represent the mentality and acting up on the field or just, not being a warrior and we know those kids know what all that means and the facets and the levels of what that means then you're not team war stick it's a club love it yeah it's about the mentality you know it's it rubs off on it's turned some kids i think it's kept kids liking baseball longer for sure and yeah i mean uh, so many people worry about college recruiting and they haven't even made the high school team yet it's crazy why do we how are we going to get to college if we don't make the high school team anyway or your kid's good like we've talked on uh, we've had guests say this before don't get to a level that your talent takes you to that your character can't sustain so even if you're really good and you get that college recruit your kid you're not a good dude so like you're gonna get to college get nil money or professional baseball and get a bunch of stuff and get in trouble as parents we're doing our kids a disservice like i don't care if you're the best player in the world do you have character do you have empathy do you know how to be resilient because guess what dude i didn't fail until my second year in pro ball not my first year my first year i led the sally league in hits my mm. second year, I stunk, and I was mm. not a good dude. I had to make changes. It was a true glimpse of your character, and you fail, and I had never failed. Man, I, well, anything reveals your bad character traits more than baseball. Baseball, right. in a lot of ways, always brought out the worst in me. I played adult baseball until I was 39 years old, and there was days my wife, I came home, and she was like, really? <laughs> yes, yes. You know, like, yeah. in a lot of ways – Baseball will challenge you so much that if you have character traits that are not built, it will bring out the worst in you. No and that's why you play it. Yep. To identify what those traits are and to get better at that so that 
we're more enjoyable to be, be around <laughs> with other people, you know, that kind of thing. And it's a great, it's a great tool for figuring out what you are weak minded at for sure. No doubt, um, dude. And it's, and it, and it's just for us to, if I can boil it, it's like when bad things happen in that next two seconds, that next five seconds, that net, that next 20, 30 seconds, that's what determines your behavior from there. And you can let it go out of control. God's very good at, or you can nip it in the bud, right? A lot of mental health is right then realizing and being aware of what your brain's doing and, and have learned tactics to slow down, be mad, you know, like little things like your kid can learn, Hey man, hundred percent. Okay. To be mad and that you struck out, be, be mad for 10 seconds. Yeah. Then you got to stop. Yep. But if there's a limit, you, you need to express your emotions responsibly but you can't <laughs> you know but you gotta have you gotta have parameters on those things and that's the maturity process that these guys that make it go through but again we that's that's what bothers me about even what i said every is why is everything in with if you're going to make it like why does the goal yeah, got to be making no. it it doesn't yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, not a, I'm not a major league baseball player yep. you're not he's not yep. he's a this is spectacular people you know i mean it's just Let's be really spectacular humans if we can. There you go. And that that yeah. can come in all forms and shapes and sizes. And this one, this one got to be like that because he struggled to do baseball so long, maybe, you know. Um, and now he's teaching someone else, you know, there's just more to it. And I don't know what our, you know, we we put so much uh importance on sports. I can't even figure that why. Uh it's you know it's entertainment. It's, it's, it's inter like, we're not even entertained by small things anymore. Like when I go to the river, I'm very entertained by the way a water moves around the rock. It's fascinating. And it just keeps going, man. That's kind of Zen and hippie, but like, that's, what's so hard about modern life is that we're so much stimulation all the time that we can't find the simple joy in a cup of coffee. And the people that can, they're the happy ones. They're winning. I hate to tell they're you, winning. but they're, they're the happy ones, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and the best hitters, I, one of the best things that I learned with my kid this past year, he's 14, great, really good athlete, kind of was that kid who could just hit. But when they went to 60 feet, things started getting a little harder. Yep. And I started realizing he was out there trying and pressing a little bit. I go, what are you trying to do? He's like, trying to get ahead. I was like, does your brain know how to tell your body how to get a hit? That's and he's good. looking at me like, I guess not. I go, your brain can tell you things like track the ball. Well, mm. you know, like you can't have a goal to hit the ball hard, but you can't have a goal to get a hit because that happens in so many different forms that we have to start to peel back the layers. I think these major league players that are really good hitters, they, they understand that naturally, or they learned it as they went along that we hear these cliches all the time and think they don't mean anything, but control the controllable actually means something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I can I can have triggers that remind me I need to be on time. I need to track the ball. Nate Lowe argues with me that there's only one thing you can think of the plane. I think what's he got? Two. He says just track the ball. Okay. And I said I I agree I agree with that. If you're not focused on tracking the ball, there's a whole lot of other things that can go wrong. But I still think that the brain can handle, especially for kids. I'm gonna ment I'm gonna manually make sure I get on because it's yeah. a it's kind of I you can keep, teach kids to separate the swing into two parts. The load is the being on time. The swing happens in a, at a separate time after we track mm -hmm. the ball. 
that's helped my kid tremendously. Just those little things, but that's, you know, none of that's like launch angle and how I grip the bat and where my elbow is and twist up, you know, like those, that stuff just, I've seen him get wound up in the mechanics and I was like, whoa, I see what's going on. We gotta, we gotta talk. Yeah. You know, that's, timing that's is something. The, yeah. Timing is something for me. Like I didn't have to worry about it because I was so focused on it before I got to the plate. And then once I got to the plate, I was going to be on time because I was tracking from the dugout, right? In the hole, I was making sure when do I start my load yeah. when he went with him and making sure because it's different for every pitcher. It's right and there I got, for you to see. Yeah. And then when it's I got right in the box, yeah. I was looking at your beautiful painted bat and I was breathing and it would be <laughs> stay short, see contact. Those are the two things like stay because those yeah. are the two biggest things we do as hitters, especially yeah. in big in like hitters counts. We yeah. get long and we pull our head. At least mm-hmm. that's what I did. So I'm like, I'm going to stay short, see contact. And that was like a friendly, like, in between pitches. All right, now I can go. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, I love that. And to good, bring good it all the health. way back. All yeah. the way back to, to the beginning. This is the wrap-up. This is the wrap-up. I can feel it. No, These guys no, talk I too bring much. It all going the long. way back. For, uh, uh, first of all, I've been trying to write mental notes of all the different sound bites that I'm going to pop. We got to listen to it again. I, I'm going to have to re-listen to this. Yeah, I can't. It, it's too reached good. like 500 sound bites. Uh, th- there is a geyser of of uh of wisdom and nourishment in this conversation but chopper you were saying the approach last night for the rangers uh was Mm. to go three balls ahead so uh uh, just reiterate what you were saying about that approach and it obviously worked seager bomb right away uh Mm. they went nuts multiple hits yeah so they it's that perceived rise high spin rate uh, vertical, they have all those measurements. Nate knows all about it, I'm sure. Um, but they, in their practice, they were using foam balls with rise and they were trying to not mm. get tricked by Javier's fastball and mm. trying to hit three baseballs ahead of the ball. So you saw, they showed it like Seager really making sure he's getting on top, which is counterintuitive yeah. to how they teach it. But like, and there's different guys. If you're facing a sinker baller, you got to do almost do the opposite and scoop and score. That was the term that Brant Brown would use. He's the hitting coach for the Marlins now. But it's a scoop and score guy or it's a line drive approach. Mm-hmm. Justin Turner tried to snap hook Max Scherzer when he faced him. I'm trying to hit a low line drive to third, and he would he would hit home runs to right center. Like Crazy. Nate Trasky says, have a plan, hunt the plan. Hunt the plan, dude, plan. And, and don't and don't go against the plan. Mike <laughs> yeah, Morris would always say that. <laughs> Mike Morris would be like, die, all right, I'm gonna plan until you know they change pitchers and then now there's a new. I mean, you gotta be <laughs> flexible, but you gotta believe you can't go up to the plate and have six plans. No, and then as the balls come and pick which one you think you might want to go with. Like yeah. I love the just the I love the light bulb in a kid's head when you know that you hear the yes, 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 yes. No, yeah. when you hit batting practice, you're swinging, you're ready to swing. That's a big deal. You hit good in batting practice, you're ready to swing. You're thinking swing. Our brain can not process. Maybe I'll swing if it's good. Nope. I don't know. We'll see. And no, your brain can't stop your swing. That's about all it can do. Just know the limitations of your brain. And I love when little little kids have those light bulb moments by good coaching. Best. And it's so far away from, yeah, that's going to result in more hits later. And yeah, that is what we we all like. It's more fun when we get more hits. But it's it takes peeling back the layers and understanding how the brain works with the body and how the body, how the mind can I, I was a guy. I got, a, I got one at bat in the College World Series when I was a freshman in college at Oklahoma. Had a boy. I couldn't feel my feet. Yeah, right? (laughs) Couldn't wiggle wiggle your toes. toes. (laughs) Couldn't wiggle my toes, couldn't feel my feet. Basically, don't remember. I was only 17 years old as a really old freshman, but I got hit with a pitch, probably not because it was a bad pitch, but 
I probably never even saw it coming. I was so my 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 anxiety status was so off the charts that the, whatever athlete existed in me didn't matter. Yeah. I'll never forget that moment. I'm glad I got to play in the College World Series, but what I learned from it is this has a lot to do with whatever all the rest of it, you know. And it's like the guys that get really good and like this 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 thing's helping everything else you know so and, and as coaches can we create an environment where all the all the mind to body work happens mm -hmm. in practice and then yeah. simplifying the game uh, allow it to be simple allow it to mm -hmm. feel like a birthday party in the game i guarantee that's what nate lowe is talking about how yeah. simple yeah. can i be uh yeah. when i'm facing javier in game seven of the alcs all yeah. that work's been done prior and there's another these guys, yeah. over prepared these guys separate the these guys se i've seen Corey seager in this batting cage right there this year sometimes it comes here in the mornings no one hits it harder then go no one hits right? it harder but no one is as crazy <laughs> and grinds yeah. on the mechanics of his own swing other than that guy it's un I mean, he's like how does my my shoulders here but maybe it should be here and i'm like <laughs> what uh, well, yeah sure I mean, <laughs> he allows himself the time to grind and be crazy. But I guarantee when he goes out to the game, wherever he's at with mechanics that day, he's there. And then he's talking about, well, you, my, but my, my, that's my system. I, I, I know how I swing today. But the plan today is to, we worked on these rising foam balls. And I'm thinking about tracking that and being ready to hit it. Like he, he separates the two things, you know, and you got to compartmentalize like that. And it's okay to, Hey man, go in the cage and be crazy. Yeah, grind. You know, yeah, grind. That's what grind Texas is. Tech. Yeah, Being Texas crazy. Tech. Yep. Yeah, and he's the craziest of all. I'm telling you, um, they have that. No, he's nuts. Well, him and Sean Ian Wooten Kinsler, are on Facetime the whole time. Ian yeah, Kinsler looked at. Ian Kinsler has been here when he's here, and he looked at him. He goes, "Are you always like this?" And he goes, "Yes, yep, <laughs> always." And, and even Ian was like, "Damn, like that." You know, it's just unreal. There's a perfectionism that occurs in a guy like that, but there's also the ability to let off and go and then just be in the moment, flow, play, all that kind of stuff. Unreal. And there's, a, there's a connection. We had Ian Kinsler on and uh, there's this passion to, to continue to work and grind. He begged his dad more yeah. buckets of ground balls, hit me more buckets mm -hmm. of ground balls as a kid. Yep. Um, a great episode there. Go back and listen to that one. I will leave you with this one last question. Because hmm. I think we could probably talk all day. Forever, Ben. Uh, yeah, we it's awesome it's because you know good. what? I don't have to go work. This is great. <laughs> this is it. Um, this is way better. <laughs> uh, that's why you need to be a design entrepreneur uh, hmm. and, and not, you know, do something that you, you dislike. Yep. Uh, Kinsler, um, I'm not sure the exact title, assistant to the GM. He, he got, uh, he is helping the Rangers become better uh, as one of your best friends and, um, and, and co-owners of Warstick, how has he, how has he made that team better? How has he made the Rangers world series, um, bound? Well, it's funny. I go back to at the end of his playing career, he got traded to the, he got picked up by the Padres. I was with him during that process. And I never forget that the real reason that they brought him to the Padres wasn't because he was still a good gold glove second baseman. It's the GM, told them, I need you to come teach these kids how to win. And this is pre when the Padres got good. Remember when they were really bad and they got good? Yep. They got really good. 
when Ian Kinsler got there and he was building those kids' minds into this is how you be a pro, this is how you win. He, he has an effect on people like that. And then for years, for three or four years, I'm, I'm, I'm just like, you got to get back to the Rangers, man. Like, you're a Ranger. The, the team has no mentality. They have no spark. They have no Ian Kinsler. They have no this, even going to last year. And I kept, I'm, this is real. Like, I'm talking to my friends at the Rangers, like, hey, Ian's, I think he would come to the Rangers, you know, if he were there. And I'm like, this has to happen. This is home. <laughs> he go. He finally, it happens. He's the assistant to the GM. It's a great job. Michael Young has the same job. He's mm-hmm. like Ian's older brother. Nick Hundley, and too. I've just posted, if you look on our Instagram right now, it says Ian Kinsler got hired as assistant to the GM <laughs> right at the beginning of the season. We just won the American League pennant. Coincidence? I think not. Is it all due to Ian? But the mentality of these guys is so different now. And you put Bochi with it and all these things. But, like, when the Rangers needed to beat the Blue Jays several weeks back to keep the wild card spot, they put Ian on the plane. Then he went with them. He lived in the plane. He lived in the bus. He lived – he's just being around them. He's just that guy, man, because – However, Ian ended up like this. All these things that we talk about is easy for Ian. Yeah. <laughs> the most co- confident guy of all time without being cocky. Yeah, um, he just gets it, and so he's. I, I, whole, I wouldn't post something like that if I didn't think it was true, you know. But um, that's how. It's not surprising to me. I didn't think they'd get to the World Series, but I mean, he's made them play better than they were playing because they believe in themselves more now. I get again, it. He again, and I've been around him, and and I, I don't remember everything he said to me, but I remember how he made me feel as he walked away, mm-hmm. and it was happy, and it was comfortable, oh, yeah. and it was calm, and much yes. like Bochi, I'm sure Chopper, you've had a lot more uh, time with with Boach, but from what I hear from the players, same thing. So coaches, parents, can you make that kid feel confident, but not cocky? And really happy and really calm. Uh, that I, I I think that's a great place to start. Calm is a good one. Calm's I people think I don't want they think Warstick Warrior. I don't want them to think you know Braveheart or Gladiator. <laughs> that's that's just being strong and tough. I like to think to a kid, what is Yoda? What is Mister Miyagi? There's a those guys were you know what they were? They were on one moment completely serious and they're giving in this great Zen feedback. Then they're cracking jokes, right? They, they're that they're that balance that balanced human being of 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 enjoying life but being focused on what we're trying to accomplish and i can stand these times because i get these fun times you know what i mean like it's i think it's part of the medicine of the mr miyagi's and the others of the world and probably what the good coaches do as well so with that confusing point man that there that I segue right into this. This is definitely it snuck up on me as one of my favorite episodes. We're seventy two deep, um, and I think our listeners um, they they might Old. pee their pants, much like I'm about to do when me they too. listen to this. Uh, <laughs> so I I I, yeah. I hope they uh, pee their pants and uh, and and just say bone saver as loud as they can while they get you a bone saber and they're fine with that i'm fine with that so good dude yeah you hey Um, yeah as you should be ben jenkins approved well have me on anytime because like you said this is working so dang 
when you get bored and you just can't find a good guest and you need a, you need a backup, I'm there. Dude, You're the man. Ben, careful what you wish for, dude, because like, it, yeah. yeah, it might become the three of us because this was oh. unbelievable. I'm just saying, like, that was unbelievable, dude. Thank Great you. Great job. Oh, thank Atta you boy. so much. I appreciate it. Attaboy. Um, you're the man, and uh, I'm I'm going to be in Dallas for game uh, one in, in the morning of game two, but you're out of town, aren't you? So yeah, we're I'll going, miss you this go-round. Yeah, we're going to Auburn to watch the Mississippi State play Auburn and see my oldest son. And then uh, I think I'll get to go to the game. Hopefully game six occurs, and I'll get to go to that. There you go. Um, but um, well, we'll see. I appreciate but, your time yeah. and uh, and friendship, and uh, we'll be seeing you soon, brother. Awesome, Thanks, man. Ben. See you guys. Great Peace to meet you, dude. Thank you. Uh, it was bye. awesome. Thank you. Later. Well, there you go. Uh, what are your uh, um, what are your takeaways there, brother, on on Ben Jenkins, Warstick founder? Well, let me wiggle my toes before I start. But it. um, it's it's what the world needs more of is the story of a Ben Jenkins because everyone wants the result without putting in the work. And here's a guy that learned through failures and struggles about process and putting process ahead of results. And like, there was so much good in there, coach. Like there's mm -hmm. so much good stuff about, okay, wh what do you want in a good coach? Like what, what define a good coach, mom and dad, what are your coach's goals? If it's to win today, run, run as fast as away as you can. If it's about building character and teaching your kid to be confident, but humble and to have energy and joy and love of play and resiliency. And if you do strike out, don't trump your shoulders and be a drain. Hold your head up high and help the guy on the way up next. Hey, that fast was got a little more than you think. Dude, you got this. I believe in you, man. I love you, dude. Pick me up. Like if we can teach that, we're winning. Uh, I loved it, coach. W thank you for bringing him on. Incredible. What, what an episode. Blew me away. Yeah, Oscar Wilde. Uh, he said, uh, be yourself because everybody else is taken. I love that. I love how yeah, uh, Ben uh, and Jack and Kinsler, they are originals, uh, big fans of, of that. And, and then kind of creating this culture to, to uh, help help kids find their own identity. You know, uh, Bochi has certainly helped the Texas Rangers find their identity. Uh, amazing to see. And then I love how he, he works on himself uh, to be self-aware, uh, to be a better parent. Uh, I think, I think that's a great note, parents, like, like how self-aware can you be? Um, and, and how good of a listener can you be to your child? Uh, really tune in with what they're saying and, and, and not tune in to what, what fears you're missing out on. Um, just open up. Uh, so big, big fan of that dude and that company, um, rock and roll. Uh, I, I'll close up this shop today with with some shout outs a uh, big thank you to all my boots on the ground in my southeast sandlot swing columbia south carolina coach ribeye and coach sparky coach sparky opened up his guest room for me at a boy uh, in charleston south carolina coach sailboat uh, and his wife they found the field uh, and they got that party started i love that town by the way charleston south carolina mm -hmm. top five in my book uh, columbus georgia Coach Laundryman, uh, he's a Patreon. He was on the uh, the Patreon Zoom uh, recently, uh, and he he really, I mean, I had a little laundry I needed to do. He opened up his guest room for me. Uh, we did the Sandlot, 
And my gosh, I wake up the next morning, that laundry is folded. I mean, like, like an army man. Uh, so, uh, thank you, coach laundry, man. What, what a, a sportsmanship salute for you, uh, there in Fayetteville, Georgia, coach Oklahoma, Joe, uh, he's a listener and he really hopes that Chad Chap will come to the Fayetteville, Georgia. Oklahoma, Joe wants it. Well, okay. Uh, he wants right. it. Uh, he wants okay. it, uh, in Georgia. So, um, I, I, I know you, you have a gig there in Arizona, but we might just have to take this party on the road. You know, we do some sand lots, we do some coaches clinics, we do some pods. Coach uh, Diesel's been road. been been nudging me towards that, so I feel like you guys are in cahoots. Ooh, but like anything I, I is have not possible. Talked to her about that at all. I think Kevin Garnett said it after they won the uh, championship one year. Uh, anything is possible. Bang! Right? Boom! Yeah. <laughs> no holds barred. I think we just get uh, a couple of RVs. And, uh, you know, the diesel, Ooh, that'd be so game, fun. And we just tore, uh, we'll bring Sean Flicky on board. Cause Oof. he's just an animal of a coach. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and we, we party, we spread mm. this message. Joy, kindness, love, character, empathy, hard work, resiliency, just love of play. Like, let's go. Can we match the, the amount of shows that Taylor Swift has? Can we get that many? Uh, just keep on moving. Maybe. Um, at Birmingham, Alabama, coach law school. Uh, went to law school down in Birmingham, Alabama, never left. Uh, and and he got the party going down there in Birmingham. Another place I love, Alabama. Mm. Uh, the, that barbecue sauce is top notch. And then the biggest of all shout outs to Mrs. Ballgame. We are now 60 cities deep uh, on this this tour. Uh, I've done, I've done nine with MLB. I've done over 50 of my own Amazing. and she, she gets to come to some, but for the most part, she is holding down the fort and, and she's tired. Let's be honest. She's tired as she should be. Um, so big shout out to her. Uh, thank you for allowing me to live out my dream. Um, love you. Uh, you probably don't have enough time in your day to listen to this pod, <laughs> but I think your mom will, and maybe your mom will tell you hey, uh, that's that a, I say this. That's extra that's credit. Do it. That's sneaky. Mother-in-law, that's a win. That's a shout out. Shout out to Duda as well. Yeah. Um, she keeps the party going here as well. So uh, wiggle your toes. That's what Doing I it. take from this. Doing it right now. Wiggle your toes. That's the name of this episode. Be wiggle your present. toes. Uh, anything to close us out, my good man? I mean really appreciate you bringing on Ben. That was, that was, this is up there, dude. This is, I don't want to overstate it. So I'll say top five and that's Strong. probably understating it. Um, yeah, really, really, really good. Tell your friends to jump on this podcast and listen to it. Um, it's a really special one. So thanks coach. You're the best. Don't forget. Thank to you Rick. patrons, patrons, uh, that support. If you'd like to support, uh, you, you know where to go. I'll put it in the, uh, uh, and the typing thing down there underneath the, the Spotify and the YouTube and all that next week's guest, another great coach, Duke Baxter. Pumped. I think uh, most of you, uh, you know, he shows up on your algorithm. Uh, he teaches a lot of elite skill. He also yeah. teaches the philosophy of the game. He's got a podcast of his own. Um, he's great. So uh, we are going to bring on a, a lot of coaches, a lot of good ones, the best I know uh, to keep this discussion uh, going. So, uh, I will, I will say bang and rake, <laughs> uh, and God bless you. Bye-bye.